Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, How to Sell Your Stuff fam. How are you doing this week? We are week two into October. I still can't get my brain around it. I feel like I feel like it should still be summer. It's just flown by. But I am, I don't know about you, but like now that my course overhaul is done, I mean, I still have things that's going on, but like the really heavy lifting is done. I am back into my print-on-demand shop and having such a good time and really curious to see what will happen over the holidays if I kind of beef it up right now. And so a few weeks ago, no, now it's got to be more like six weeks ago. Heather, Heather Studio, who's been on the podcast, she'll be coming back on again. And she's one of our print on demand girls. She reached out to me and she's like, hey, I think you should talk to this guy, Steven. Um, Since you're now in the print on demand space, he's created this third party software that helps to like automate personalization for Etsy products. And I'm like, um, excuse me, because earlier in the year, I tried to have some um, print-on-demand products for like graduation that were personalized. And you know how it is, like print-on-demand doesn't have as big of a margin. And so I was spending, you know, 10, 15 minutes sometimes like updating a complicated graphic to customize. And I'm like, this is not worth it. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, if I got a thousand orders for this, I would be in such deep water because I don't have the time to update them all um, with my schedule. I really need this to be a little more passive. And so when she said, Stephen has created a solution that will link to your Printify and link to your Etsy shop and help automate personalization, I... I was doing backflips. And so I got to meet with him. He is a sweetheart, a wonderful guy, super innovative. And his Etsy story is nuts. So I had to bring him on the podcast and share this with you. And hopefully the How to Sell Your Stuff fam, like print on demand folks can give this app a try and give them feedback and see how it's working out and really have a much easier holiday season with the personalizations. I'm so geeking out. I'm so geeking out. I just got off uh, recording with Steven. Let me tell you a little bit about him and then I will like link us in so you can hear the whole thing. But Steven has been selling print products on Etsy for a little over three years and has since sold 210,000 products <laughs> utilizing personalization. That's just his personalization stuff. You're not going to believe. Recently, Steven has founded an app called Hello Custom that fully automates the personalization of your Etsy POD products. Okay, so you're going to hear one of the most bonkers bananas Etsy stories. And you got to see, like, if you got, you guys got to look at the thumbnail and see, this guy is young. <laughs> He's a young, handsome guy on and YouTube as well. And he is just like a giant killer. He is moving and shaking. So um, I am excited to share this with you. This is like, you know, He's pioneering the space. This is new, fresh ground. And I love that we get to be on the cutting edge of it. Like that feels like such a special thing for us. So please help me welcome Stephen to the podcast. Stephen, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. 
I'm so glad you're here and we were able to connect and you come so highly recommended from like basically every single friend I have in the Etsy community. So not to mention, I've literally before this call have been working for a few hours on my print on demand shop. And so I am like, so ready to geek out with you. (laughs) But we would love to just start with your background because it's something else like your background, how you became an entrepreneur, how you got into Etsy. I know your story is amazing. So please catch us up. Yeah, of course. So I've been selling Etsy for a little over three years now. So I got started back in June of 2020 during the peak of COVID. So if you were selling on Etsy or started selling on Etsy around that time, the, the product to sell was face masks uh, during the pandemic. Um, so a good buddy of mine named Jesse, uh, super successful Etsy seller. He's at that time had been selling on Etsy at a very high level for a few years. Um, he's like, you need to sell face masks on Etsy. So he told me like what printer to buy, what heat press to buy, where to buy some of the, the white masks. Uh, we didn't know print on demand was a thing back then. Uh, so I set up shop in my garage, uh, and I ended up getting like 17 sales my first day, 30 sales and 60 sales, like 120, like 500 sales a day by day five, which is, it, it sounds amazing, but like, keep in mind, like this is my first time selling on Etsy specifically. I had no idea how to do production. The The printer was still in the box. The heat press was just out of the, the street, the shrink wrap. And I had 2000 orders to go do uh, that Friday. <laughs> so at that time we decided like, Hey, this is a blessing. This is going to be a rush. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's power through the season. Uh, I ended up working like 16 hours a day for the next 90 days straight. We grew out oh of my, my garage gosh. to a little warehouse. We had like 15 employees. We had equipment. Uh, we ramped that to about a thousand masks a day. We're able to, we able to, we were able to grow that business to be like one of the top face mask companies actually on all the Etsy. So that's how I made my first million dollars on Etsy was selling face masks during COVID on Etsy. Uh, so that was also like my crash course for how to sell on Etsy, how to sell print products, how to do production, how to be a boss. But as we both know, like uh, mandates eventually ended, COVID eventually ended, uh, and the business literally died just as fast as it ramped up. We went from like 500 sales a day to five sales a day overnight. Uh, at that time, we had you know, a lease on a warehouse, we had equipment, we had employees, we had all this overhead and no more cash flow. So we decided uh, instead of just like starting a different business to just, you know, take this new knowledge, this new found love for Etsy, uh, this new skill set for production and just like kind of rebuild our print shop. So that's what we've been doing for these last two years. We're able to regrow our print shop uh, back up to the numbers we were doing with the face masks. So post COVID, we've done another $2 million in Etsy. We've done over 210,000 sales lifetime on Etsy selling um, personalized print products. So that's kind of where we're at today. That was kind of like my origin story back up to um, where we're at today. Okay. Yeah. You're like the male unicorn of the group. Um, I'm sorry, because you are like a young man, Stephen. So I need to know a bit of the backstory. Did you just, did you just like decide one day to be an entrepreneur on Etsy and everything took off for you? Or like, I just, it feels like an overnight success, but I'm wondering there's got to be more to it than that because that's really rare. But thank you to your best friend telling you, giving you the tip off for sure. Yeah. So I essentially gave you the last three years of like a yeah. six year story. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I actually don't know an entrepreneur who has failed as much and as long as I have failed. So I'll kind of give you the first three years, which are not as pretty, but more realistic for a lot of people watching go. them. So, okay. Um, so growing up, I, I had no entrepreneurial itch. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, even though that was a, a, a goal or something that I could do. I just knew that I wanted to, you know, be successful, have a good career. So I was, I took school very serious. You know, I was always top of my class, went to college uh, for mechanical engineering. Uh, and it was in my senior year of college, you know, four years in college, I have a five-year degree. I was like, 
wait, you can make money online. Like there's such things as online businesses, like entrepreneurship. I was like, what is this? And I instantly fell in love and I dropped out of college like the next day, <laughs> which my wife was not happy with uh, because at the time, you know, I was averaging like one or two all-nighters a week, you know, going to school full-time, working full-time, full-time marriage, you know, like hustling and bustling, you know, for that direction for years, my whole life to then just like quit, want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I just, I just figured like, if I no longer wanted to be an entrepreneur, uh, if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, why spend the next year in college when I could spend the next year building an online business? Like how hard could it really be? Yeah. Um, which boy, was I wrong? Uh, it was actually, uh, I ended up trying any, any um, webinar you ever see on a Facebook ad. Like I tried every single business model you can think of. I tried Amazon FBA multiple times. I tried dropshipping multiple times. I tried lead generation agencies, social media marketing agencies, like any business that you can think of, I tried that um, and I failed for three years straight. And I wasn't like dabbling like a hobby. Like I, I like I dropped out of college for this. I'm going <laughs> all in, hundred percent. Like I want to win. And I failed my first ten businesses. You know, so I failed. I got back up. I failed again. I got back up. I failed again. I brushed my shoulders off. I failed again for three years straight. And it was like it was like on my eleventh business, three years of failure. It was like when COVID happened. My buddy was like, "Hey, try face masks." And I was able to take all of the knowledge of those, you know, those, you know, those trials and errors and apply that to face masks. Uh, you know, like I took courses and I tried Amazon FBA multiple times. So I kind of knew how to do the product research, the market research, the listing SEO, the launch strategies. I kind of like knew what to do. And I just applied that to a different business. You know, now it's face masks on Etsy. So I, I didn't just like throw listings up. I like I took a lot of time. I was very intentional with everything. And I think that's how we were able to like, there were hundreds of thousands of people selling face masks on Etsy during that time. And we were like one of the top few. Like we were able to rank past hundreds of thousands of people um, and became one of the top mask sellers. And I think it was because of those trials and errors. So I, I don't take those for granted uh, because I think I haven't successful today because of those um, those learnings, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally doesn't. I, I mean, I actually, I love hearing that backstory because it feels a lot more familiar for a lot of, for a lot of us mm -hmm. <laughs> and gives us a lot of hope. But like, what do you think hit different about Etsy? Like, why do you think that just went, you went from like, fail, 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 fail to like, not just some success, but like blowing the roof off of it? Yeah. So I, I, I think we're going on, we're, we're talking about Etsy like three years ago. So I think right. Etsy's like doubled and then doubled and then doubled again, you know, in terms of like competition and sailors. So like three years ago, Etsy was a little bit less competitive. It was during a pandemic where like everyone was forced to wear face masks. Yes. Um, and also, you know, three years ago, I think there were more, uh, the, the average seller in Etsy, I think was more like, Hey, like I, this is my hobby or I'm like a crafter or I'm not like, I think now there are a lot more like digital marketers, like designers, yeah. like print on demand, like, like the type of seller now is different than the type of seller there was. So I, 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 I feel like I was taking like Amazon strategies where Amazon's like, if you've sold an Amazon, it's more like cutthroat. It's like super competitive. It's like black hat strategies. I don't do black hat strategies, but it's like, it's way more like, like a, a mature, I guess, marketplace in terms of like the strategies for the sellers. And I took those practices and I applied it to Etsy where it wasn't like common practice. Uh, and I think wow. that's kind of one of the reasons why we were able to take off. We were just like, everything was like from the SEO to ads. Like we just like, we, tr we treated it like it was, like it was on Amazon. And as a result, uh, I think we had a higher than expected uh, returns. And then we ran with that for six months at a very high level. So we, we were like testing. I'm also like, I wanted to be an, an entrepreneur. I wanted to be an engineer. So I love like testing and lifting up the hood mm -hmm. and poking and and see what works and what doesn't work. So I was able to do that at a very high level on like, thousands of sales a day. Uh, it's like, okay, there are these, like these strategies that are working, um, you know, at a very high level. So I had a very now 
I guess, knowledge of how to sell on Etsy at a high level. I had a knowledge of how to sell print products on Etsy. So that way, when we pivoted the business to just launch more print products, we just did the same thing with a different product and it, and it was successful. And the same thing with another different product and it was successful. So we kind of like were able to find, um, I guess, our, 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 uh, our path to success on Etsy. Oh my gosh, Stephen. Okay. I love, I love some of these details. Do you think that if someone's listening and they want to be a more aggressive Etsy seller, like they're, I've got a whole slew of different people and some of them are the crafters and some of them haven't even started yet. And some of them are like, really want to go. Do you think there could be some advantage to maybe taking an Amazon course or two to like get that mentality? So I, I think now, I think like back then, yes, because like those strategies were more Amazon based, but I think today like there are so many uh, people who are selling now on Etsy at a high level who do have content like yourself. And there's so many other people who have YouTube channels who are teaching, who have made hundreds of thousands of dollars or even yes. seven figures on Etsy where they're teaching it the same because Amazon is a third party marketplace. Etsy is a third party marketplace. The way that they rank and sell and and the way that people buy on Amazon is very similar to Etsy. So I don't think you need necessarily an Amazon course. I think now there is enough um, knowledge available out there on YouTube now that there wasn't then. But so I think now you can just you can find these strategies um, either with an Etsy course or with uh, just Etsy YouTube videos. Okay, I think that's so interesting because for sure my like multiple six figures earned was from the, the more the old school way, you know, like I, we weren't, you're right. We weren't running it like Amazon. Etsy was a completely different culture. And I think a lot of the grassroots of it still is. Um, and the, the big thing that's really changed that I'm using now more in my shop than I, than I ever did before is um, using the third party tools. Like that has been the game changer that to me makes it feel more like Amazon. It makes it feel like I'm competing at a higher level because of the data I can get. So, I mean, which only makes your your stuff so much more interesting. Um, let's talk about how you ended up in the print on demand space because you've got this amazing shop that you run right now where you're cranking out personalized products and things like that um, that came off of the face masks. How did print on demand enter into it for you? Yeah. So, so in our print shop, we are technically print on demand in regards to like all of our products are blank white. We create designs okay. and then when a design sells, we print that design on that product on the demand of the sale. So like our shop is print on demand by definition, but we don't like farm out the production to like yeah. quantify. Um, so print on demand was just beautiful. Again, like I, I owe a lot of success. I can't like take all the success. Like my buddy, Jesse, he was the first one. I was like, Oh my gosh, I could buy like white mugs and then create a thousand designs and make a thousand listings. So that he was like, when he showed me the face masks, he's like, you buy a blank white mask, go create as many designs as possible. And then now you have that many products on hand. Um, so like he kind of was able to teach, show me the value and like print on demand um, from a business aspect. So when we wanted to like, you know, it's like regrow our business, like we got to keep that business model. Like that's amazing that way we can like one product that's white, but now we have like thousands of listings or hundreds of listings. Um, so that, that's kind of why we kept that is the, the, is the impact of being able to not have to have all the SKUs and the inventory and the overhead and things like that, that we can um, have a lot on the front end, very little in the back end, and then serve them on a per product basis. Okay. So you started to get really um, curious about the personalization factor and how to make that easier. How, what are the, why do you think that like from your, all this experience you've got now that personalization is so important for Etsy? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so when we were at the, when we were at that kind of pivot point, like masks died, like we want to regrow. We want we want to we didn't want to just like regrow the business. We wanted to grow the business back to the numbers that the masks were doing. Okay. So like we wanted to grow the business back to seven figures because we had a warehouse, we had equipment, we had employees, we had overhead. We didn't want to like lay everybody off and then like doing more slow organic growth. So we asked ourselves like, what 
can we do to make ourselves stand above the competition to grow faster? What can we do? And at that time, like now it's like six months later, like we found out about Printify, Print on Demand, that there are companies out there where like you can go launch a mug on Etsy and you don't have to go buy a heat press and you don't have to go buy mugs and you don't have to have a table and a, and a place to work employees. So it, it's with some products, it's really easy for something to like knock you off, um, which yeah. when you're doing everything yourself, there's a lot of overhead, but someone can with, with Printify can just like launch the same product for very similar price points. So when we were in that kind of transition point, we decided like, how can we like raise the barrier of entry for the products that we're selling? So it's harder for someone to knock us off. Okay. So we do that. On, so we do that on the product level and then we do that on the design level. So on the product level, we try to sell products that you can't get through print on demand uh, in regards to like you can't get through Printify, for example. Uh, so, or, or we add an element that they don't have. So that way it's like, they can't directly knock us off. Cool. So it's a higher barrier of entry on a product level. And then on a design level, <clears throat> we, we, we found out that like, personalization thrives on Etsy. Like people go to Etsy to buy unique goods that you can't find anywhere else. And as a result, personalized products tend to do better specifically on the Etsy marketplace. And it was also a higher barrier to entry that like, I would, like I, I genuinely believe even today, like 99% of people doing print on demand or some print products on Etsy don't incorporate personalization because it kind of defeats the whole business model of print on demand. Like yeah. Etsy brings you the traffic, Printify does the fulfillment, you get a slice of the pie. Once built, it's semi-automated why take that business model and make it manual? You know, like now every time an order comes in, you manually have to update a graphic, you manually have to update the order and then you get a slice of the pie. So yeah, it's like, and I don't make enough per order. order to do that at all. Like, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it costs an average like 60 to 75 cents per graphic in labor minimum wage to do personalization. And if you're making $5 profit per product, that's like, it's like the 20% of your margin just to yeah, offer no. personalization. So mm -hmm. if, so for most people, they say no, but for us, like we'll say yes, because it, it's, it's yes for Etsy. And if 99% of people say no to it, we're instantly able to stand above the competition by yeah. offering it. Because um, demand is king every day. Yes. I, I always give the, the super simple example. Like if there were two mugs, they were the exact same product, quality, price point, they arrived at the exact same time. One said mama on it. And then the other one said mama, but had the children's name on it. Like, which one would you buy your mom for Mother's Day? Yeah, right. The custom so one for sure. Their name on it, right? mm -hmm. so, so that's how we've been able to get more sales to our products and the competitions by having personalization. So that's kind of why. And so that's why we started with personalization. We saw the impact of personalization and why we only now sell personalized products. There isn't a single product that we sell that isn't personalized. And as a result, uh, during peak seasons, like going into like the peak 30 days before Christmas, our shop yeah. will rank like top 20 out of 9 million other sellers. So that kind of shows you like the impact of, uh, of the direction that we took with personalization. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like, you know, we all, we all, we like know that intuitively, but the, the workload, because most of us are like me, you know, I'm over here with a kid and I'm homeschooling a baby and I, you know, I run three separate businesses. I'm, I'm utterly insane. Um, but like, there is no time for me to be updating custom things. I, I realize the power of it, but I, I need tools. Like I need help or I need employees or something. So like, it's one thing to have 15 employees. It's something else for like the average person. But I, so I love that you've wanted to solve for it. Do you think, I mean, and you've sort of alluded to it, but I, I would love if you could say more about how your, like what the impact is on your sales, especially in the holiday season. Like what kind of, like if additional shops added that feature, being able to personalize more, what kind of impact do you think that could have on their sales? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so going into a holiday season, like Christmas, like our shop during the peak 30 days, like we'll sell like a thousand things a day. So a thousand times a day, someone has to go open up a camera file, no. type in Samantha 2023, download, send it over to production a thousand times a day. 
Uh, so during a Christmas season, like we'll have a computer lab full of people on laptops, just typing in names and dates and addresses, which uh, is super painful in regards to it's super expensive. Like I think we spend like $40,000 a year and just the peak 30 days and personalization for the labor. It's super uh, manual and slow. People now type like this, like we've all lost our ability to type, <laughs> you know, and it, it's super it's super error prone. Like people, because like, when you have a thousand things to do, like you try to be fast, so that you might spell Steven with a V instead of a PH. Oh my god! Um, so super error prone. Therefore, throwaways at, at packaging. Um, so those were like the pain points that we had. So the pain points were big enough for us to want to try to solve it, but there wasn't a solution to automate it. So we spent this whole last year, like all of 2023, building a tool, Hello Custom, to essentially automate the personalization. To now, Hello Custom, which is a third. Uh, you know, a third party tool like you mentioned that you enjoy using, like uh, it'll read the Etsy order, it'll automatically personalize the graphic for you, and then it will automatically send it to Printify for production for you. So like like you mentioned, like you have like the kids and so much going on, like you could literally be on your phone in line at the grocery store holding your baby and approving your personalized orders with the click of a button. Like how easy okay. is that? Um, in terms of like the impact of doing personalization during uh, Q4, <clears throat> so the products that do amazing during Q4, like it's all about like relevancies. What I found is like shirts, for example, that have Halloween stuff do amazing during Halloween because Halloween is relevant in October. Shirts with turkeys on it do amazing in November because Thanksgiving is in November. Maybe shirts with Santa Claus and reindeer do amazing in December because Christmas is in December. So it's all about relevancy. So for like the the my best 30 days of the entire year are like the 30 days before Christmas. You know, okay. like Christmas products do better than anything all year long. And the products that do amazing during those 30 days are Christmas products because it's all about relevancy. So Christmas ornaments and stockings do amazing. I don't sell stockings and I don't really like the stockings on Printify, but there are mm -hmm. people who do like plush embroidery stockings who make like a million dollars a year profit. So like, because it's stockings during the Christmas rush. So like, in terms of ornaments, for example, like I'll make more profit in one year with ornaments during those 30 days than the other products for the entire year. So like that's the power of like ornaments during Christmas rush. And if you ever do like the market research on Christmas ornaments, you'll see that like every single Christmas ornament on Etsy is personalized. And if they're not personalized, they don't have sales volume. Uh, so like you have to do personalization in that example to be even be competitive because Again, like when you're buying a gift for someone, if you're able to put that person's name on it, it's, that's, yeah. it's that much more personalized, personable, meaningful uh, during a season of gift giving. Like we're going into a season of gift giving. So I think personalization during that season is, uh, it just, it's, it's not necessarily a must, but it really helps you um, stand above the competition. All right, guys. So as you know, I've been on a print on demand journey with my new Etsy shop. I opened just a while back and I'm having the best time ever and learning so much, but I really wanted to give you a little update and tell you how sold out I am for Printify as my print on demand provider. So they were my go-to in the very beginning because my POD experts all told me that they were the way to go. And Printify has not disappointed me a bit. I'm very happy with the quality of the products that, that are going out. The turnaround time has been good. I love their interface and I feel like it's very user-friendly and integrates well with Etsy. I am super happy with the margins I'm bringing in, especially using Printify Premium compared with the other print-on-demand providers. So it's just been a win-win all around. Basically what happens is this. So I set up a listing mostly over on Printify and I have it all synced up with my Etsy shop. So over on the Printify site, I get the product all ready to go with my design properly placed, all the colors I want selected, the title written, the description written, and the correct pricing and shipping already in place. Like it's all done on Printify. 
The only thing I don't sync is the product photos because I create, of course, all of my own mock-ups for a better quality. So then I click publish over on Printify and within about a minute, the product shows up over in my Etsy shop listings as an active listing. At this point, it's live. So then I go right away over there and I upload my product photos and any other graphics that I need. I set my categories shop section and tags, like all the things that I have to do over on Etsy. And usually I'll link my variations to a corresponding picture in my photo gallery. So I'll give it a quick once over and then click publish again on Etsy so that my updates will show to everyone who sees the listing. The great thing about doing it this way is that when an order comes in, within one to two hours typically, the order then syncs over to Printify back again. And so all of the product and customer details are there. And Printify just makes it crazy easy (laughs) to run my print-on-demand shop. I can't believe it. Like, Golly, after making, you know, wood signs for six years, this is a dream. So Printify has over 850 products to choose from. You can customize and create new designs to your heart's content. And the best part is you don't have to worry about keeping an inventory or shipping products yourself. (laughs) Printify handles all of it for you. And seriously, their production costs are unbeatable. So if you're considering print on demand, give Printify a try. I recommend it. Feel free to grab my link in the show notes waiting for you. And if you use my code... Lizzie Smiley, which is no spaces, all caps, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-S-M-I-L-E-Y, you can get 30 days free of Printify Premium, which gets you even lower production costs. So again, that's Lizzie Smiley, no no spaces, all caps. It's an absolute steal, and I always use Printify Premium. So the whole experience getting going in Print Demand has been wonderful. I love it. 10 out of 10 recommend. And I hope this helps you with the production partner decision if you're on the fence and planning a shop as well. I'm excited for you. Well, okay. So there's obviously, I mean, and you've got my juices flowing. We've talked about this before, but I hadn't had a chance to really think about a personal application of being able to add the personalized things. Because even, you know, you say, you say ornaments and I almost, because I have the old mindset, I almost cringe. Like, no, those have even a smaller profit margin. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm really excited to dig into to Hello Custom. How, okay. So first of all, how did you how do you know how to design something like this? Like this doesn't even exist on the market and you just blow in this young, successful man, of course, but you've created this, this literally like monster, amazing app that everyone is going to need. How did you like come up with this and how did you have the skills to be able to create something like that? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I kind of, I'm building, I'm building the tool for myself first. <laughs> so okay. I'll say that. So, so I initially came up with the idea as something to build for our shop as like our competitive advantage over the competition. So I was like, what do we need in our shop? Like we need something that I like, can read the Etsy word. Like when someone types in, because on Etsy, like no matter what you're selling or what personalization you offer, all Etsy gives uh, the shoppers is a text box. So they, they yeah. can type anything they want up to 256 characters. So like we, it needs to have something to be able to read that, identify what they want to then go dynamically personalize a graphic for me that I can then either download or push over to Printify. So like we went down this rabbit hole of building it for ourselves first. Um, and they're like, wait, this would actually be a huge tool for like mm-hmm. the Etsy community or print demand in general. So then we decided to like, you know, broaden like the goal of the project into like this like hollow custom is what it is now. And so I think the fact that we built it for ourselves first and Etsy, so it's a, it's a tool for Etsy sellers built by an Etsy seller who has done hundreds of thousands of personalized products on Etsy. So knows the pain points 
So we built a solution for those pain points. Uh, so we just, uh, we have a team, uh, we found developers, front end, back ends, and I, I, we just do daily meetings every single day where I'm just like coordinating them of like what I want. Therefore, I think it's a need for everyone in personalization. And then as a result, I think it's, uh, I think we have a really cool tool. Um, yeah. Okay. So can you give us some, like, give me like a, an example of how this would work. So, you know, let's say I am selling, um, let's do the ornament example and I'm doing like baby's first Christmas and I want to have baby's first Christmas, but I want to have, you know, um, I want to be able to customize if the picture is a, a boy or a girl potentially, and I want to have the name and the year on there. How would that, like, so my customer is then going to have to put the name and the year and the gender, right? I guess they could do some of the drop downs. So talk me through that. But in the personalization field, for sure, they'd have to put the name and the year, right? Yeah, exactly. So, How so one thing is, is, is Hello Custom is only two months old. So in terms of like the features that we have now is way limited to the features that we'll have by next Q4. Yes. So oh, I'll help you break it in. I'm uh, so excited. We, the How to Sell Your Stuff fam will help you break this in, Steven. I'm psyched. Yes, I love that. So uh, so right now, uh, we only do text-based personalization because okay. all we receive on the Etsy order is that text box, right? So we're taking the text to then go do text. Uh, so right now we don't do image personalization because typically the images, if they want to upload a picture of the baby's face, would be via a message post-purchase. So we don't have like, right. the ability to go grab that and then apply that to the template. Uh, so right now it's just text-based personalization. And then right now um, all we can automate is personalizing names, dates, addresses, and phone numbers. Uh, so it sounds a little limited in regards to like, just text-based, no. those four things. Yeah. But I will, I will say... Again, we've sold hundreds of thousands of personalized products on Etsy, and we only do text-based personalizations, and we only do names, dates, address, and phone numbers, and probably 90% of that is just name and date. You can take any design and put a name on it, and now it's personalized. Any design, yeah, no, put a name and I don't date, want to mess with someone's picture email. file anyway because they're not going to send me a good enough quality. I just maybe on the on like the ornament itself, I have like a, like a male-looking baby yeah. versus a female-looking baby that I would switch out. Yes. But like, yes. I'm not so, trying to do pictures anyway. I'm like thrilled about the name and the year. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not needing any more from you, Stephen. This is great. Uh, perfect. So the way that you would do that one, for example, there, those would be two different uh, templates instead of Hello Custom. Okay. One with like the, the baby graph, the, the girl graphic and one with the boy graphic. So that would be probably a skew, uh, variations like gender, boy, girl. Therefore, those two different skews. So there would be one template in Hello Custom for the girl version of the graphic and then one template for the boy version of the graphic. Um, and then you would just like, up, so essentially you upload your design as a PDF. So we don't want to be a design tool. Like some people like using Canva, some people like using Kittle, Adobe Illustrator. We don't want to force you to create your designs inside of Hello Custom. So what we did is we, we, we developed a PDF to edible template feature where you can make the design in Canva, just download it as a PDF, upload it to Hello Custom, and then we'll convert it back to an edible template. So then essentially what you'll do is you upload the PDF and you'll click on the, the name, like maybe Theo, and then you just tag it as name. And you upload the, then you click on the, the 2023, for example, in the design, tag it as date, save it. Uh, so you just have to just, when you have those templates, uh, you know, just skew link the girl's skew to this one and the boy's skew sure. to this one. I'd have to for Printify anyway. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. But like, what about different fonts and things like that? Yep. Same, same thing um, in regards to fonts is font would have to be a uh, variation like font one, font two, font three. Therefore, those would be unique SKUs for each font. And you'd have to upload a different template per font because those are like different designs, right? If it's like a bold font yeah. or a cursive font or a script font. So to do like have like font as a variation, like let's say you have five different font options, you'd have five hollow custom templates for that one listing and you would just skew link font one to template one, font two to template two, um, and then it would use the correct font. And then if you use a font, uh, so Hello Custom has a library of fonts. 
Okay. And then if you, um, if you use a font for personalization that's not found in your font library, you have the ability to upload the font to our system to be able to okay. use it. So you're not limited on font selection. Okay. What about, um, can it work with like the glyphs or the little swashes and things like that too, that I have to pull from the character map or is that a limitation? So, right. So that's like, there's a lot of that, that's glyphs and those swishes and those tails are super popular. So it's like, it's highly requested. It's, it's on our map to do. So okay. essentially what Hello can do as of right now is it would personalize, you know, like Theo, for example, but then you'd have to, it doesn't know to put like the, the, the tail for the T and the tail for the O. So you'd have to manually paste in the T with the tail and paste in the O with the tail. So the glyphs and the tails are a little limited as of right now. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not like upset at all about it. So I'm trying to picture how this works though. So is um, Hello Custom connected to my Printify account or my Etsy account? Yeah. So it's connected to both. So essentially you have an Etsy account, you have a Printify account. Uh, the workflow is, is we try to, we try to be super mindful of an, of an Etsy seller and a permanent man in regards to like, yeah. we don't want to f- make you change your business to use us. So same thing, you can create your designs on Canva to use us. And then in regards to, uh, the flow to now do personalized products on Etsy, we, we made it the exact same flow as if you were doing non-personalized products where you create the design, you download as a PNG, you find the product, the, the provider on Printify, you upload the, the graphic, you, and then you publish it over to Etsy. So it's the exact same flow. The only thing you have to do now is at the very, after you hit publish over to Etsy, then go create the template on Hello Custom. Um, and then Hello Custom is integrated to your Etsy account and it's integrated to your Printify account. Uh, so that way, when that product sells on Etsy, it goes to the uh, Hello Custom template, personalizes it. And if you approve the graphic, then it'll go over to your Printify account, grab that product, swap out the graphic with the, with the personalized graphic, and then create the order for you. Steven, literally today, I'm going to go connect. I've been, it, Sometimes the tech stuff makes me a little nervous, but you've got me excited enough that I need to go try this right now. I've Because I'm like my next couple of weeks, I'm going to be really pushing some stuff into my Etsy shop. So like I am so excited and I will I will send you an email, let you know what I think. Would you mind if we switch gears a little bit? I would love to talk a bit about what it's like. You have kind of a big team. Um, I could really tell I, some horror stories about employees I had in my Etsy shop like, wow, I could really tell some stories that I won't to honor people. But tell me, what is, how does it, how do you like managing a group of people? Like, was that, were some growing pains there? Was that hard to move into? And how did you know? Well, I was gonna say, how did you know when you needed to, but it was the pandemic. So, but I would love mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts about managing a group of people and how that's worked out. Yeah, I, I think I'm a good example of someone who was probably not initially set up to be a manager in regards to like, I am a perfectionist. If, it, if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. I'm always the guy that's like hovering over my wife's shoulder. Like see, my wife got to the point. It's like, I'm not even going to do it anymore. Cause like, you're just going to redo it <laughs> when I'm done doing it. So like going into launching a business, it was more like by force. Like I'm 2000 orders behind. I can't physically do this by myself. Wow. Me and my wife, my sister-in-law, my brother, like we can't all physically do this. So like we need like 15 people. Um, so it, it, it threw me right into the fire. Like I need people and I need to learn how to delegate and hire. And I need to learn how to do all this right, right now. Um, so it, it, it kind of like threw me into the fire and I, and I grew to love it, to be honestly. So we ended up growing up to like 15 employees back in the, the mask mandates. Right now we have a team of like, uh, five employees, uh, because we've really like got, I kind of obsessed over like lean manufacturing, like, like yeah. improving our systems to be more faster using, using equipment versus like labor. So like we don't need 50, like if I were to like redo the masks, I could probably do it with like two employees instead of 15 employees. No way. Um, we just, I, 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 again, I wanted to go to school for mechanical engineering. So I build like jigs and like little systems. tools and like setups, uh, you know, like our stations are all optimized. Uh, but like, you know, where we're at right now is, you know, like I really, um, 
I've grown to like, you know, we're like a little family, to be honest. Uh, like our, our team right now, we're like every single Friday, we do what I call like free lunch Fridays, where every Friday, like I buy them a meal and say, thank you for your hard work for the week. And we have like, you know, like we celebrate the birthdays, we celebrate um, if someone's leaving, because we, we're an entry level position, like people will come and then they'll go uh, to like okay. the next stage in their life, which we celebrate the people leaving. Uh, we, we have like Christmas parties and things like that, where um, as, as a leader, I think it's our job to help our, um, you know, either virtual assistants or employees to do their job the best that they can. So always just being like listening to like their pain points, like, like what was painful for you today? How can I make that less painful for you tomorrow? Like, do I need to buy you a new laptop? Do I need to get you, uh, you know, uh, do I need to get you a riser for your laptop so that way your, your wrists aren't hurting? Like, like how can we make your job easier? And just like listening allows them to feel more comfortable and excited to come to work the next day. Um, so I think it's, uh, yeah, again, it's been like a growing curve. I think people who are growing their business, I think over time, even with even if you're doing print on demand, where like Etsy brings you the traffic and Printify does the production, at some point you might get like a virtual assistant for customer service or maybe a virtual assistant for like your graphic designs. I, I think the best advice that I can give someone is is just being present. Uh, like with with Hello Custom, for example, I have a team of developers in like the Philippines who I've never met. But I take the time every single day to get on a live call with them. We call them our morning standups. It's like, hey, how's your morning going? How's it going? How was your day at work today? Let's talk about like what we worked on today. You know, what, what, how can I help you, right? So uh, I think just being present and, uh, and willing to help allows them to do their job. Did you, I mean, because you really had to jump into it. Did you have any like management experience before that? Or did you read any books? Were there any, any resources that helped you kind of learn the ropes or do it better I don't know. You're an achiever. So I'm curious. You're probably an Enneagram three. I don't know if you do, knew that, knew that or not, but I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm more, uh, it, it, was, it was a growing curve for me to be honest. Cause I'm more by default. I'm like an introvert. Like my wife actually uh-huh. pulled me out of my shell. Like, yeah, I remember there was one time in middle school, like someone's like, Oh, you actually talk. <laughs> Cause I would just be quiet my whole, like for the entire school year. Um, so it being able to like stand up and like, you know, talk to like, a group of 15 people, like, Hey, we're working on this to be able to train something like that. It was, it was super uncomfortable. Uh, for a long time. Um, and then I just became comfortable over, you know, six months, came comfortable over a year, came comfortable, non more natural three years into it. Um, but it was more just like forcing myself to be in a season of being uncomfortable, knowing that it was needed to get to a season of, you know, the growth that we wanted. Oh my goodness. I, I just think that's such a, that's such a skill to learn. And, and I'm an outgoing introvert. So I gain my energy from being alone, um, not from being around people, but I'm very outgoing. I've never met a stranger. I can't even imagine going from like, because I do, I can really relate to you in the, like, I want to do it all myself to make sure it's done right. It was such, um, I know you've talked to both Heather and um, Jenny, Jenny from the shop and Heather studio for those who are listening. And um, they are, they are friends of mine who like really had to kind of twist my arm to get into print on demand. Cause I'm like, I need the control. Um, so mm-hmm. I can relate. That must've been such a, such an interesting season of, of growth. Our, our hard, our hard thing. And I love, I love the systems you're creating. Cause our hard thing was I would teach someone how to, how to paint as well as I could. And then they would move on. And, but literally it would, t- it would be like, it wouldn't be until like the six month in where they were at my skill level. But for the first four months, I was redoing everything that they did. Like I had to in order to ship something mm-hmm. out. So it was like so painful. I love that you've created processes and that this is this is going to be so fun to play with. Do you have like, gosh, your Etsy journey has been so 
just crazy. Do you have any tips for people who are maybe like maybe they're in the muck of it in the beginning where it seems like everything they try doesn't work and they're really ready to throw in the towel. And then I'd also love a tip or two for someone who's like doing well on Etsy, but they really want to scale and they're finding that place of um, being able to scale like difficult. Like they're I know for me, when I tried to scale my sign business, I've totally failed at it um, because of the workflow thing. So I'd just be curious to know some of your tips about like for other Etsy sellers. Yeah. So those are, those are great questions. So I think the number one advice I can give to anyone who is just getting started or they have been going, but they're like, I want to throw in that towel is like, again, like if you watch the beginning of this interview, like, I don't know anyone who has failed as much or as long as I have. <laughs> Here I am six years later, like so glad and so happy that I did not throw in the towel. Cause it was, it was so easy for me to go back to college for that last year. Now I'm a mechanical engineer and I'm making like thousand dollars a year. Like I could have easily have done that, but because I chose to not give up, to get up, brush my shoulders off 10 different times over three years, here I am today. So I think the number one advice and number one skill set I think that an entrepreneur can have is endurance and perseverance to continue when it gets hard, to continue through the thick of it, to continue through the lulls and not give up because eventually they're going to get a W. Like you can't say, I've been trying to be an entrepreneur for 20 years. I was never successful. Like eventually you have to, something has to hit. Like I knew when I was in my, in the thick of it on my, on my getting L after L after L, I was like, I'm getting a little bit better every single time. I learned a little bit from this loss, a little bit from this loss. I'm applying it to the next one. Eventually, I have to become good. Eventually, I have to become good enough just naturally to be able to be successful. So I think the number one advice for you is like is to just not necessarily give up. Print on demand might not be the business, but like in terms of just like business and entrepreneurship in general, um, if this is what you want, this is what you want in life, like know that and say, and say true to it. And then for the the people who are like who are maybe successful and they're doing well, like and they're they're in the, the period of scaling, like. Like, how do I have that continued success? Uh, because if you're in our industry, like selling print products on Etsy, like you've seen the increase in competition. I think millions of people, millions with an M, have launched the print-on-demand business, selling print-on-demand products on Etsy in the last one year. So competition has gone through the roof. And if you've been selling Etsy long enough, you've probably seen this impact your business to some degree. Uh, so going back to like I was saying, like, I think the way for you to have that continued success is to always try to raise the barrier of entry for the products that you're selling to make mm-hmm. it harder for those people to come in and knock you off mm-hmm. and, and the way that I think the most natural way for that is, and I, and I, I'm saying this full heartedly is through personalization. I truly believe yeah. that personalization is the future of print on demand. I think that if you want to have success in print on demand, specific, specifically with Etsy long-term, I think you need to incorporate personalization to some degree because if 99% of them are doing not doing it, that's 99% of those millions and you're sitting above them, you know? So I think that's how you can have that continued success and not really be in, impacted by that increase in competition. If you guys haven't jumped onto the Everbee bandwagon yet, this is your sign to check it out ASAP. If you haven't heard of it before, Everbee is a free tool that can help you find trends, products, and niches that are hot sellers on Etsy right now. I personally use it in tandem with Sales Samurai because they do totally different things. And I literally don't think I could compete in the current Etsy marketplace today without it or help you guys as effectively. Uh, Everbee gives me so much information that I can't glean just from studying Etsy. All you need is a laptop or desktop. You can't do it on your phone. So you do need a laptop or whatever, a Google Chrome browser, 
a quick install of the Everbee extension. And for my tech challenge friends, I promise you it's super simple. And then you will gain access to a whole new world of data about your niche and competitors. So this is a tool I use every single day um, for my own Etsy shop research, for coaching calls that I do with you guys all the time, for shop reviews I do for you guys all the time. And just as I work on growing my personal mastery of Etsy, these tools have have become so instrumental in getting the results that I do. And I, I mean, I can still use my old school tactics. I still use them, but I, I don't use them alone anymore because it's just, it's a whole different ball game. So these guys have just been a game changer for me. I use Everbee to learn everything about bestsellers and high performing listings. It shows me, okay, I'm going to give you a rundown. It shows me how many sales a shop makes from each listing. I can see how many they've sold of it, how much money that listing has made them or is earning them every month, how old the listing is, like how, how early did they get on, on that, on that trend, what their tags are and how competitive those tags are. It gives me an at a glance view of all the shop data, um, which sometimes I can't otherwise find. And like the competitor listing data that I need to help my students and myself find ways to penetrate the market. So like I said before, Etsy has a totally free version, like not just a free trial. There is a free version so everyone can get access to it. Download Down in the show notes, I have a link to their site for you so you can um, check it out. And I also included a quick YouTube tutorial to show you exactly how I use it because sometimes like the barrier to entry is trying to figure out new technology. So I got you. Just go watch. It's a quick video. It'll show you how to navigate it. So if you don't have it yet, get Everbee. Jump on that today. I'm so excited for you to get this edge on the market you're going to love it. It's a game changer. Okay. I'm going to throw in one more and I know that every relationship is different, but I am sure there are so many people listening that have had this pain point. How did you, how did you convince your wife to stick it out with you? (laughs) Like, do you have any tips for how to communicate with your partner if they're really not seeing why you're doing what you're doing and they really don't appreciate the fact that it's not working. Any tips there? I know every relationship's different, but you might have some insight for somebody out there. Yeah. So, so my wife's awesome. I, I'll give her full credit on that. Uh, so I met my wife back when we were both like, she was 14 years old. We we're like just in <laughs> high school, like, ch- like kids. Uh, we got married right out of high school. Been married for nine years now. We have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. So I, I feel pretty lucky that uh, my wife through that season was someone that I've known like almost our entire life, you know, up to that point. So it was like, yeah. she's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, you know, through the thick and thin of it. Uh, and uh, it got to, a, I'll be honest though, it got to a point where no one believed in me until it was just my wife. And I feel like it got to a point where my, even my wife was starting to ask like, when are you going to go back to college? <laughs> you know, like, when are you going to become that engineer? Because like, we're sitting right here like struggling. So it, it, it uh, you know, so I, I feel like I don't know if I have advice, but I just feel like I just got very fortunate that I that I was in a season where I had like a, a, a rock of a partner during a season where we didn't have children at that time, during a season where we had a lot of overhead in terms of like a mortgage and cars and things like that. Yeah. So it was easier for us to take those risks and um, and not need a lot to survive. So I think I was just I was honestly very fortunate how it all kind of stacked up during that season for me. I think there's still some wisdom there, though, because you're saying keep it lean. Like I I was just listening Mm -hmm. to Gary Vee yesterday and he was saying like so many people say that this is this was so good. So many people say they can't scale their business because they can't hire. But if they would just humble themselves and like take a pay cut themselves, like take home a less, 
they could hire mm-hmm. an employee. They don't need to drive the Ferrari. Like, what if you, you know, he's like, he's like, I would always be paid, choose to be paid, paid less and delegate out so that I can grow. And I was like, oh, Gary, you're cutting me to the quick. But I think there's something there about like, go lean. And I also think there's something there about, um, uh, you know, who, who we choose as our partners and maybe not just that. I'm not, not, I like, I'm so pro marriage, but like, what was I going to say? I was going to say, um, like, uh, oh, choosing who we share with, like, because if you're just trying this, you know, and you're, if you're just starting as a side hustle and it's a few hours on the side, like everyone I think is deserving of some downtime, like give your spouse some downtime too. Like don't be working all the time and they never get a break. But like, it, it's not like you have to quit your job and go full bore at it either. Like, I think that there can be some give and take there. I don't know, but I understand what you mean. A lot of it. I have an amazing partner as well and he covers my back and I couldn't do it without him. So I, I hear you, Steven. Sometimes it's just like, God blessed us with a great partner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you got to tell us, I'm going to link Hello Custom for everyone below because I've got a ton of print on demand folks who are going to be eager to check this out and give it a whirl. Where's the best place to follow you, connect, keep on, keep in touch. I, we have to have you back when you get, I have even more features going on and we'll, and I'll share my experience with it as well. We'll, we'll have so much more we can talk about then, but for now, tell us how we can get connected to you. Yeah. So the, I think the best place to get connected with me is I'm not big on social media, but I'm, I'm, putting a lot of effort in our YouTube channel. So okay. at Hello Custom yes. is our YouTube channel. So I think that's probably the best place uh, to find me currently. No, we, lo- we love a good YouTube. And your YouTube channel is wonderful. I had so much fun geeking out over there right, right after uh, right after Heather uh, told me about you. So I really, really appreciate your time sharing this today. And thank you for like, you have been so courageous to step out into all the scary places that many of us have. You've been, you're like a pioneer for us, Stephen. I say that very wholeheartedly. Um, you are you are a good guy. You are down to business and you're going to make it a lot easier for the rest of us. And so we owe you a debt of gratitude for the things you're creating. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's, that's, that the hopes are is, is that yes, Hello, Hello Custom kind of changes the industry a little bit, you know, vote more towards personalization. Cause I, I truly believe that like you will have more success. You will sell more and be more happy uh, in your business with that. And I think Hello Custom can help you do that. So really, You're really a million percent correct. I can't wait to see what happens and we will, we will have you back. So thank you so much. You guys, thanks for listening and spending this time with us today. I love y'all so much. And until next week, go make something awesome. Take care you guys. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.